0: Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. Once again, we thank you for gathering with us around the Word of God today Everything in the Word of God Is important There is nothing in the Bible That is not relevant Directly and distinctly To us today And I'm going to go so far as to say It's more relevant to us In these last days In these perilous times Than it's ever been to us today uh, There was a man in our church Brother Ronald Short Some of you that are in our immediate congregation may remember him. And he used to sing an old country uh, mountain song that said, I'm using my Bible for a road map. Hallelujah. My last stop is heaven some sweet day. Well, we not only need the road map to get us to heaven, the way of salvation, we need the road map to, uh, to qualify for God's grace and mercy and help in this time of great need today. And particularly in the Christian community, we need prayers answered. If there's any hope for our world, any hope for our nation, any hope for our families, it will be because we are able to pray effectively and, and, and allow, therefore, God to move supernaturally. Praise God. God. Well, that's not our subject today. Our subject today is the high cost of compromise. The high cost of compromise. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to the book of Hosea, chapter 7. We're going to read verses 8, 9, and 10, and we're going to talk about this issue. In the heading of my study Bible, it says, Israel's rebellion against God. Israel's rebellion against God that is a that, how can a christian how can listen we can rebel against god if we begin to embrace the idols the the morals the mores of this world we find ourselves at odds with god the scripture is very clear in the new covenant so we're not locked into the old covenant we move from here into the new covenant as well where it says, if we love the world, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Amen. And it says, the love of the world is enmity with God. We take our stand with the world against God. If we give in and make concessions to it and compromise our faith in, in, in such a way that it constitutes an actual rebellious act against God listen to this 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 verse of scripture here in hosea this morning it says in verse 8 of chapter 7 of hosea ephraim hath mixed himself among the people ephraim is a cake not turned strangers have devoured his strength and he knoweth it not yea gray hairs are here and there upon him. in other words, th- this is this is signifying he should have had enough wisdom and knowledge to recognize this because he's no baby, he's no child, gray hairs are here and there upon him, and yet he knoweth it not. And the verse ten is the result of this, and the pride of Israel testifieth to his face. And they do not return to the Lord their God, nor seek Him for all of this. Amen. Let me tell you what constitutes the high cost of compromise. The first thing that Ephraim lost as a covenant man, as a covenant tribe of Israel. Ephraim mixed himself among the people. Therefore, he lost his distinctiveness, and they lost their distinctiveness as the children of the Most High God, children and partakers of the covenant. By their leagues with idols and their adoption of idolatrous practices. You say, Pastor Venable, I don't have a Buddha, a pot-bellied Buddha to create a, a, an ambiance in my garden. Or No, you may not. And you, even if you did, you certainly wouldn't bow to it. Amen. This, this is not about a stone idol. This is about something that is more spiritually close to us than anything like that. The Scripture is very clear. It says covetousness is as idolatry. To covet the things of the world at the at the compromise of our own faith and our own distinctiveness as God's children constitutes spiritual idolatry. And so listen to what the paraphrase says. My people mingle with the heathen picking up their ways. And through this compromise, we break faith with God. We lose our covering, and we become vulnerable to our enemy. Listen to Psalm 106, verses 34 through 42. Listen, it said, They did not destroy the nations concerning whom the Lord commanded them, but were mingled among the heathen and learned their works. They served their idols, which were a snare unto them yea they sacrificed their sons. Listen how far compromise can take you. They sacrificed their sons and their daughters unto devils, and shed innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and of their daughters whom they sacrificed unto the idols of Canaan in the land that, and the land was polluted with blood. They were defiled with their own works. They went a-whoring with their own inventions or their own ideas. Therefore was the wrath of the Lord kindled against his people, insomuch that he abhorred his own inheritance. And he gave them into the hand of the heathen. And they hated them and ruled over them. Their enemies also oppressed them and they were brought into subjection under their hand. My friend, when compromise begins, it's a slippery slope. This is how extreme compromise can go if it continues unchecked. I'm so glad in the beginning of of this teaching, it says, if we would return to God, He would have returned to us. He's waiting for anyone who is, is in that compromised state to return to Him through true repentance. Listen, I'm going to tell you, if we return to God, He's going to return to us. And the enemies that oppress us and suppress us are not going to be able to do it any longer. So, the first thing He lost was distinctiveness. And what the antidote for that, the answer for it, is Separation. Through sanctification. Hallelujah. You know what sanctification means? It means cleansed and set apart. Hallelujah. Unto God for His use, His purposes. 1 Corinthians 6 through 14 and uh, 18, uh, really, 6, 14 through 18, and 7 and 1, because the thought continues, so I'm going to read it without the chapter change here, beginning with Revelation, I mean, 1st, 2nd Corinthians 6 verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness, and what concord Hath Christ with Belial, Belial representing the devil himself? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them. Walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. That's the distinctiveness that we're talking about, that we don't want to ever compromise or lose. Verse 17 says, Wherefore, in light of this great truth, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. This unclean, it just means that that is forbidden. If you want to know what's forbidden, get in the Bible, get in the Word of God. Amen. And it'll tell us. And all we have to do is not, not allow ourselves through compromise to be polluted by it. Verse 18 says, This is the result, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. This is not some old-time, outdated, archaic, antiquated preacher uh, that's, that's trying to get us to, you know, talking about holiness and righteousness. No, this is what thus saith the Lord Almighty. And, oh, he said, what did he say would happen if we did this? He said, I'll be your God, and you'll be my sons and my daughters. I'll receive you and recognize you and declare you to be mine. When that occurs, he defends us and he provides for us. Hallelujah. Verse 7, the continuing of the thought, having, chapter 7, having therefore these promises, which promises, Amen. I'll be your Father. I'll be your God. You'll be my people. I will dwell in them and I will walk in them. Hallelujah. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting, literally completing holiness in the fear of the Lord. When he lost his distinctiveness, through compromise, they lost the covering and the blessing of the Lord and their enemies prevailed over them. God wants to put a stop to enemies prevailing over his covenant people. He said, you come back to me, I'm coming back to you. How, how, do, how will we know when he comes back? Because the blessing will be restored Amen. Our enemies will be vanquished and defeated, and and we will walk in the victory of every promise that He has purposed for His people. Hallelujah. He lost, number one, through compromise, his distinctiveness. He lost, secondarily, his usefulness. Ephraim is a cake, not turned. That literally means burned on one side and doughy on the other. It's ruined. It's useless. God qualifies those whom he uses. We need to be sanctified. That is to be set apart unto God for a divine purpose. Listen to what he says in, well, wait, wait, I'm, I'm, I'm ahead of myself. I'm going to take the time today, however long it takes to get through these points. They're so very, very important. When it said he lost his usefulness, a cake not turned, burned on one side, doughy on the other. What did Jesus say? To the compromised church, already compromised in the first generation. To the church uh, that that said I'm rich and increased with goods and I have need of nothing at Laodicea. He said, you know what you truly are? He said, you are poor. You're blind, just like Ephraim. Gray hairs are here and there, but you don't know. You You don't know. You're poor, you're blind, you're miserable, and you're naked. Their assessment, we're rich and increased with goods we have need of nothing. Every value of the world was reflected in the Laodicean church, and they couldn't see that they were spiritually bankrupt because of compromise. And that doesn't mean we, we, we take some vow of poverty and live like a monk. It doesn't mean that. It means we do not adapt values in our life that reflect exactly the values of a fallen, godless, Christless world about us, oh friend of mine, we need to we need to be a set apart unto God through sanctification. that's what coming apart means it means letting. God, Hallelujah! Have a people here upon the earth in the twenty-first century that are absolutely committed to the lordship of Jesus Christ and the leadership of the Holy Spirit and the authority of the Word of God. Amen. He lost his usefulness. Listen to Second Timothy two and verse nineteen and twenty. It said, Nevertheless, the foundation. Of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and vessels of silver, but of wood and of earth, some to honor and some to dishonor. How about it, church? We want to honor God in our life. Not to dishonor him. Listen to verse 21 and 22. It says, If a man therefore purge himself from these, coming out, coming apart, if a man purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel of honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, prepared unto every good work. Flee also youthful lust, follow righteousness, faith, and charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Hallelujah. Listen, through compromise, Satan seeks to disqualify us from usefulness, salt without savor, light under a bushel. But God calls us tonight to come out and be ye separate, and don't touch the unclean thing. He'll return to us, and be a father unto us. Will be, he'll be our God, and 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 <laughs> it'll it'll show. Praise God! We'll be His people, and it'll show. Hallelujah! He lost his distinctiveness. He lost his usefulness. Remember what Jesus said to the church of Laodicea: "I'm rich in with goods." They said. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man opened the door, I will come in. I'll sup with you. You'll sup with me. He said, I know thy works. I would that you were hot or cold. Look at the cake unturned. I would that you were either cold so there can be a revival because you repent and admit your backslidden cold, or I wish you were hot on fire for God. But because thou art lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Now, that doesn't mean to spit out. Spew you out literally means that that something makes you so sick at your stomach, you throw up and it gushes out of your mouth. Now, if it's that distasteful to God to live in that, trying to bridge, be a fence-sitting Christian, literally, One foot in the world through all the week and one foot in church for one hour. Oh, yes, I said one hour because in many churches, it doesn't matter what God's saying, what God's doing, what the Holy Spirit wants to do. If it doesn't close in a gnat's eyebrow of 12 o'clock, somebody is upset that the preacher is preaching too long. The service is taking Too long, we got too much to do to sit under the Word of God or seek the Lord or pray for our nation. A friend of mine, if that doesn't change, we would be doomed in America. Thank God there are pockets of revival where people are hungry and thirsty for righteousness. I don't have time to deal with people that want to keep that one foot in the world. I God doesn't have time. We We don't have time prophetically. The coming of the Lord is at the doors and we're acting like it's never going to happen. Living like it's never going to happen. I don't want to lose my usefulness. How about you? You know, we used to sing it when we had tender hearts. Jesus, use me. Oh, Lord, don't refuse me. Surely, there's a work that I can do. And even though it's humble, Lord, help my will to crumble. Oh, friend, listen, God wants to use every one that names his name. As it is written, I will live in them. I will walk in them. That word is perambulate. It means to move freely in us. And if God is able because we have come apart and set ourselves apart unto him for a holy purpose... If, we, if, if the Word of God and the Spirit of God is allowed to sanctify us unto God, we're not going to lose our usefulness. We're going we're to get, get a high-powered injection of the Holy Ghost flowing. Out of our belly is going to flow a river of living water. Praise God. Not only did He lose His distinctiveness and usefulness, He lost his strength. He lost his strength. Verse seven through nine says, strangers have devoured his strength. Psalm 28 verse seven through nine says this, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I'm helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth and with my song I will praise him. The Lord is their strength. He is the saving strength of his anointing. Save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Feed them and lift them up forever. Oh, God wants to reestablish in his church a base of his supernatural power. Glory be to God. Amen. He wants to get us to the place that that greater one in us can exhibit that greatness by being greater than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Listen to Nahum chapter 3. Going to read quite a bit here and show you about the destruction of Nineveh and how it occurred it says, Ethiopia, Nahum 3, verse 9 through 15. It says, Ethiopia and Egypt were her strength, and it was infinite. Put and Lubim were their thy helpers. Yet was she carried away. She went into captivity. Her young children were dashed in pieces at the top of all the streets. And they cast lots for her honorable men, and her great men were bound in chains. Thou also shalt be drunken, thou shalt be hid, thou shalt seek strength because of thine enemy. Listen, and all thy strongholds shall be like fig trees with first ripe figs. If they be shaken, they shall even fall to the mouth of the eater. Behold, thy people in the midst of thee are women, and the gates of thy land shall be set wide open unto thine enemies. The fire shall devour thy bars. You see, when we become, as Nineveh became, vulnerable to the enemy, the enemy will take advantage of that vulnerability. Verse 14 says, Draw thee waters for the siege. Fortify thy strongholds, go into clay, And tread the mortar and make strong brickling. There shall, there shall the fire devour thee. The sword shall cut thee off and thou, and it shall eat thee up like the canker worm and make thyself many as the canker worm, make thyself many as the locust. In other words, no matter, you see friend, when the shield comes down and the covering comes off, the enemy comes in, and God wants that to stop in the life of His covenant people. He lost His strength. He lost His strength. The Bible said to be strong in the Lord in the power of His might. And one of the pieces of the armament that we're told to take is the breastplate plate of righteousness that guards your heart that is so vulnerable listen the fourth thing he lost was his sensitivity and became spiritually blind and bound it says strangers devoured devoured his strength and he knoweth it not gray hairs are here and there on his head upon him yet he knoweth it not Something in growing in the God and literally growing in life is that if you, if you've lived long enough for your hair to start turning gray, you should have gained some knowledge and some wisdom in that process. Friend of mine, I'm afraid that we're dealing today with a lot of immature Christians who have, are growing old, but they've never grown up. And because of that, we act like we don't have any knowledge. We don't have access to any wisdom. And we're acting foolishly when we should be acting prudently. When we should be sober and vigilant, we're being callous and careless. He lost his sensitivity. Judges 16 and verse 20 It said, And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and make my shape myself. And he wist not that the spirit of the Lord has departed him. Oh, friend of mine, what an awful realization This man of such anointing and power, Samson, the defender of Israel against the Philistines. This mighty champion of God is now as weak as any mortal man and completely vulnerable to his enemy. The Bible said they came, they bound him, and he shook himself, and they did not break he didn't even know when the Spirit of the Lord left. He wasn't aware that the Spirit of the Lord would ever leave, no matter what he did. What a foolish attitude when we've got so many warnings in the Word of God. One paraphrase, one paraphrase says, I'll be as free as before. I'll just shake myself free. But he didn't realize that the Spirit of the Lord had left him. That, my dear friends, this morning is the high cost of compromise. It's a slippery slope. That's why if you want to defeat the tempter, if you want to defeat the devil, the Bible says, give no place to the devil. The word place literally means terra firma. It's It's earth. It's ground. Give him no ground. We had a Jim Walder home. A very, very pl- plain home. Uh, here's how that worked. Jim Walder Corporation to help poor people like my parents were and my, myself, of course, uh, growing up. They were able to borrow money to purchase a piece of land. A lot, if you please. And the Jim Walter Corporation said, you don't even need a down payment. We will put you a frame house on a piece of land and let the piece of land be deeded to us. In the event you do not pay for the house, that you renege on that agreement, then they take the land and the house. It's a win-win. We have an opportunity to get people that don't have money for a down payment into a home in a way that they could afford it. We never finished that house before my mom and dad divorced. Uh, It was unfinished and we had curtains where doors should be uh, and had an outdoor toilet instead of a bathroom because the money just wasn't there. And then the divorce came before they, they could earn enough to do that. But here's the principle. If you give me the land, if you deed me the land, I can build on it. And the reason so many Christians... Are not being possessed by the devil, but they are being oppressed by him is because they have given ground through compromise. And the enemy is able to build a stronghold on that ground that we have given through compromise. Don't give ground. Don't give place to the devil. Amen. Resist him. And don't resist him by just saying no in the authority of Jesus' name. Say no through an uncompromised life. Come out from among them. Be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I'll receive you. And I'm going to tell you, the devil might as well to go on down the road and hunt another household and another host body to begin to operate against when God's people see the value of being truly identified as God's people. Hallelujah. There's a great call today for the called out. The word church itself is the word ecclesia in the Greek. And it doesn't mean denominations and organizations and crosses and stained glass and steeples. It means called out ones. From the moment of the inception of the true church of Jesus Christ, we were called immediately out of the world and into the kingdom of God's dear Son. And I'm going to submit to you, if there's ever been an hour, if there's ever been a day that the called out need to come out it's this hour, it's this day, it is here, and it is now. If not us, who? And if not now, when? I love the attitude of one, one person who was committed to a cause, and he said, I'm only one, but I am one. I can't do everything, but I can do something. Amen. And what I can do, I will do by the help and grace of God. Now we can sit in our, 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 our churches on, for one hour on Sunday morning and, and talk about how bad things are. We can sit and complain about all the evil and the wickedness and the persecution against Christians and, and how bad it's getting out there. Or we can become a person separated unto God for a holy purpose. So that when that person prays, amen, hell quivers and shudders (laughs) and heaven, amen, begins to move and come into the earth realm. And there will be a supernatural intervention in the normal course of human affairs, Amen. There will be a light here in this sin-darkened world. You know what the Bible said about us? In the midst of a wicked and perverse generation, ye shine as lights in the world. In the midst of the darkness, there are children of light. But we can't be light if we compromise and put the light under a bushel of compromise. But if we hold it high, literally hold, well let me let me rephrase that scripture. It's important right now. In the midst of a wicked and perverse generation, you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, taking the bushel off. Let everyone see, Amen, how great and gracious and good God truly. Is hallelujah by living a distinctively devoted life unto him because he is worthy. Hallelujah. God love you today. I pray you've been challenged. Some of this may be hard to swallow. Oh, but listen to the prophet of old and what he said. Thy words were found. I did eat them and they were unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. You separate yourself unto God and see if you don't get the joy back. If that peace that passes understanding doesn't start raining once again and all of that worry and consternation and, and, and uh, fear, abject fear is defeated. Hallelujah. And that enemy of your soul, he better hunt another, another place and another person to set up his stronghold of influence because he's not going to be able to do it in you not going to be able to do it in me and by the way don't you ever sing that little light of mine that if they want to sing it in sunday school they don't know no better but i'm going to tell you the light that's in you is nothing little about it it's the light of the glory of god in the face of jesus christ it's going to illuminate the holy city for eternity this is a bright light this is a brilliant light. This is a mighty light. This is a laser's light. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Let your light begin to shine. Get the bushel off of it and see people come to know Christ because you have enough of God. Amen. To be a witness to them. Hallelujah. God is waiting on us to return to Him so that He may truly Return to us. Today, if you don't know Jesus, you are powerless spiritually. You may have influence. You may be a boss, a CEO. You may be a worker. And and you may be mighty. You may be bench-pressing a Buick. But I'm going to tell you something right now. Spiritually, you are powerless against your enemy unless you make a conscious decision To come to Christ as your Savior, repent of your sins. And if you do that, the Bible is very clear. He will receive you. If you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, He will pardon your sin. And He'll break every chain that holds you in that prison of darkness. When you come to Jesus in full surrender, the chain will be broken. The prison doors will fly open and you can come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And I'm going to tell you the truth right now. People expect me, uh, you know, as a minister to testify and to live a clean life. They have an expectation of me and of, of Christians in general if you identify with Jesus. But when they see someone that they knew come out of that prison and they see the freedom you have, You become an immediate, powerful, impacting testimony for Jesus Christ. I like what Chuck Swindoll said one time. He said, people think I'm paid to be good. And when you truly live for Christ, you're good for nothing. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. Friend, I want you to come to Jesus today. Come now while there's time. Come now before He comes and the tribulation begins to break forth upon this earth and this world and no, no, no one can escape that. Come to Jesus now. Come to Jesus now. Come to Jesus. Let this be the day of salvation for you. Before you draw your last breath and before Christ comes, come to Jesus. Repent of your sin. Make Jesus the Lord of your life. Change masters. God will pardon your sin. He will embrace you. He will forgive you. He'll be your God, your heavenly Father. You'll be His child. We'll be His people. And when He comes, we'll go back home with Him to live with Him forever in Jesus' name.